Hello, and welcome to Talking Sports with TK. I am Tommy Chrysan. Glad to be here. Glad to have you there. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please share it with all of your friends. This episode, Sports Takes with Trey Blossman and myself, brought to you by the 13th Gate Haunted House in Baton Rouge. We're going to talk LSU football, SEC football, college football in general. Been a little bit wacky so far this season. We'll also touch on the New Orleans Saints and some NFL notes as well. Now, Louisiana's ultimate haunted house, 13th Gate. 13thgate.com, brought to you by Jerry Lane Enterprises, is one of the nation's top haunted houses. Hollywood movie set horror. Louisiana's ultimate haunted house right here in Baton Rouge. Open select nights between now and November 13th. Purchase tickets and get all your information at 13thgate.com. 13thgate.com, again, brought to you by Jerry Lane Enterprises. Do not forget to connect with me on social media. I'm happy to do that. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tommy Chrysan, K-R-Y-S-A-N. We're going to listen to a quick message. We'll be back. We'll be joined by Trey Blossman. It's time for Sports Takes right here on Talking Sports with TK. Stay tuned. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We continue with Talking Sports with TK. I'm Tommy Chrysan, about to be joined by Trey Blossman as this week's episode of Sports Takes is going to come right at you with a lot of football flavor. We're going to mix it up, have some fun here on Talking Sports with TK, Sports Takes. And it's now time to be joined by Trey Blossman. Trey, hello. How are you doing today? Still alive and well, Tommy. (laughs) Well, that's good. And the weather is certainly wonderful this week after the storm battered the the southwest Louisiana area. We had a little effect in Baton Rouge, and a lot of people in Baton Rouge lost their power, but let's hope we can get on the other side of that and and everybody can get get back to normal and enjoy some decent weather. Yeah, Tommy, I had more weather from Delta than I did from Laura. I I think Baton Rouge would agree with that. Yeah. Especially the wind. And, you know, the wind was pretty dang strong in a few spots. And a little little flooding in Baton Rouge in some areas that usually flood when you get heavy, heavy rains. And then, you know, a lot of people lost power. And I don't even know that everybody's got it back yet. Knock on wood, I was lucky to not lose power. So we're hanging in there. And uh, some people in Baton Rouge, sadly, were, were... in a way, glad not to have power because they didn't have to watch LSU Missouri. What 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 the hell was that? Well, you know, Tommy, it was it was actually fun to watch until LSU didn't score at the goal line to end the game, and four horrible play calls there. If you run a play on first down and it gets totally stuffed, don't run the same play on second down. That, that just seems kind of idiotic to me that put LSU in a really bad spot. But what put them in a desperate situation to begin with was a defense that was horribly bad, Tommy. The thing I noticed more than anything watching the game on television was when they cut from the camera on the quarterback to the camera on the receiver five or six times 
there wasn't an LSU defender on the TV screen. And there's no excuse for that. We have good athletes. Something's going wrong on the defense. I don't know what it is. I can't see that from television. That's something you have to be in the stadium to really see in a good seat where you can see from up above. But uh, I hope they get it straightened out. But it, it was horrible. It reminds me of back when Lou Tepper was the LSU defensive coordinator. And if you've been around any length of time, you remember how bad that was. Well, they're one and two for the first time in since 1994. You know, they're, they're out of the polls. That breaks a long streak for that. But here's what, and I listened to Coach Orgeron's Zoom press conference today. I was one of the media participants. And, you know, all he kept saying was it's on the coaches. We got to fix it. You know, players did make a few mistakes. But, you know, he said we're not putting them in the right place. Here's what I'm reading between the lines. Bo Pelini has come in here with a 4-3 defense, which is different than what LSU had last year. Yes, 90% of the defensive players are different. And I just don't know that in the fractured fall camp, the lack of spring training, maybe Bo Pelini has put too much of a mental system in, and these guys aren't comfortable with it. Because we, we saw busted assignments, blown coverages, guys not being where they were supposed to be. And, you know, it, it, to me, that's between the ears because I agree with you. I, th I think LSU's got a heck of a lot of talent out there on the football field. You know, these, these guys are four and five star recruits, a couple of three stars. I know, but these guys are, you know, just like LSU's guys from the 2019 team were in 2017. They were young players trying to get better. And I just don't know if they're so confused mentally that they're resulting in this. Now, what was disappointing the total lack of adjustments by LSU to, to try to affect the quarterback. They refused to blitz, although Orgeron, he admitted today that when he told everybody in August this defense was better than last year's and it would be an attacking defense, he admitted today on the Zoom press conference that he said that in August because that's what he believed in August, but obviously it, it hasn't come to fruition in the three football games that they've played. So you, you got to fix it. Look, I don't care what you say, Coach Orgeron, today or tomorrow or Wednesday night on your radio show. It's what you do that's important. What happens when they play Florida Saturday afternoon in Gainesville? That's going to be the measuring stick, not the press conference today or any of that other stuff. What will they do? They talk about making some personnel changes. Well, we'll see if they do that. You know, uh, I think you got to wait and see. Now, with all that being said, Trey, and you made reference to this, as bad as the defense was, you had LSU had four plays from the one yard line less than a minute to go that in all likelihood wins the game. Okay. I don't have a problem with the first down call. You're trying to pop something in there. But then you run the same play on second down. It actually lost a little bit of yards. You didn't even get back to the line of scrimmage. You know, and why Why was Gilbert not on the field? I know his shoulder was a little banged up, but at least put him out there and make the defense pay attention to him. You know, try to get the ball to Marshall on third and fourth down. But, you know, maybe you start all that on first down. And hindsight's twenty twenty. Easy for me to coach laying on the sofa. I get that. However, it was just my and Coach O even said today that they, you know that play calling was not the thing they needed to do. And again, it's easy to say it Monday when it didn't work. You know, if that first down handoff would have popped into the end zone, everybody said that was a good call, and it would have well, been if it well, scored. Tommy, but then, that, that, the, then the salt in the wound was the Missouri coach saying, "I'm sure glad they didn't run a quarterback sneak. We were missing our three starting defensive interior linemen." Well, you know, yeah, again, hindsight's twenty twenty, but. Uh, the uh, 
they did everything right on that last drive. And the TV announcer kept saying, I think they're going to get the ball twice. I'm like, if we're going to win this game, we're going to end the game with a score with little or nothing left on the clock. We did everything right. We chewed up four minutes plus on the clock, but we didn't score. And I actually think, Tommy, that after the big play down to the half-yard line, and they marked it at the one, it really was down to the half-yard line. After that great catch by Marshall, I think, and because there was a delay for review, I think the delay for review hurt the Tigers, the LSU Tigers, as you pointed out, two Tigers on the field. I think they relaxed and thought they had the game won. I think had they lined up immediately and run another play, they probably score. But I think the little bit of time lapse there for the review really hurt the Tigers. They got the big head and thought they had won the game. Well, it goes back to the cliche, you got to play 60 minutes of football. And LSU, you know, didn't get it done in that final one minute of the 60. But, hey, again, in my opinion – Okay, they're one and two. They're not going to win the West. Some people saying, you know, maybe South Carolina, the only game on the schedule they might could still win. Well, let's just wait and see. You know, overreaction Monday, as some people call it. And not that I'm not saying the caution lights out and the red light might not be around the corner, but, you know, let's see what they do. Let's see if they improve. Florida's reeling a little bit. They lost on the road. You know, they got offense, but they got defensive problems. I mean, let, let's see what happens. It might be 60 to 40 down there in Gainesville this week. But I, I say, Tiger fans, take a deep breath. Let's see what happens. Now, Trey, in the rest of the SEC, I watched a lot of the Florida A&M games. I knew LSU was playing Florida next week. I saw every bit of Alabama Ole Miss. Saw some other highlights. I watched some of the Georgia game. And I'm telling you, you know, offense is the thing. And it's not like all of a sudden the SEC doesn't have great talent on defense across the conference, top to bottom. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think it's the whole pandemic slash no spring training slash fractured fall camps where you had about a lot of stuff on Zoom and you had to have a lot of meetings. The hours on the field might not have been the same. And then nobody – Nobody puts anybody on the ground and practice anymore in college football, especially once the season starts and a couple of weeks before that. So then, you know, that's that might be a reason for the poor tackling league wide. SEC is still the best conference in football. I firmly believe that they'll have one or two teams in the college football playoff. But certainly it's been a theme that the offense is doing a whole lot better than the defense league wide. Well, Tommy, one reason for that that you didn't mention is incredible talent and creativity on offense. The SEC has moved light years forward offensively. And uh, and look, that Alabama Ole Miss game was a track meet. It was a wow kind of a game. You know, 111 points, what, 1,200-something yards of offense? I didn't even look to add it all up. But, man, if you turn the channel – during a TV timeout and you were a minute or two late changing the channel back because you were watching plays in another game, the team that was getting the kickoff was already back in the red zone. <laughs> you know, like, wow. I kept, I was recording the game. So I kept having to rewind it because I, I'd miss a minute of action after a kickoff and Ole Miss would have taken the ball 50 yards down the field or Bama might've scored again already. You know, it was, it was a great game to watch as a viewer. 
if you like defense, you, you hated it. But uh, again, creative offense and skill on the offensive side, their receivers making great catches all over the league. And real quick before I continue, I want to give a shout out to Miles Brennan, man. That kid is balling for the Tigers. He looks like he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And just a reminder, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about LSU fans that wanted him benched after the first game. Uh, you know, they've shown their uh, their idiocy, I guess, at this point. Because Miles Brennan, Miles Brennan showed them that guy. He, he knows how to play quarterback, Tommy. Uh, but SEC, I got a couple of notes here. Joe Yuga. Georgia, I call them Yuga, only team in the SEC that plays like an SEC team. They look like they belong in the SEC. These other teams, I, I don't know what I'm watching sometimes, even as I'm easily entertained. Uh, and look, and you're the one who pointed this out to me in a text Saturday afternoon, Arkansas deserved a far better fate than they got at Auburn late in that game. That was some uh, horrifically bad officiating late in that contest. It got a lot of attention in the media as it should have. I, I don't know that the league office can't do anything, but Arkansas should have won that football game. Yeah, it really should have. Another thing LSU fans need to look at, K.J. Costello of Mississippi State, who threw for over 600 yards in Baton Rouge a couple of weeks ago, was benched at halftime by, by Mississippi State the other night because he was so ineffective and had three picks. He was benched, you know, and uh, they didn't score a point. I mean, Mississippi State, which might not be good news for LSU because they ripped LSU's defense and they hadn't really done it since, either to Arkansas or to Kentucky. So, you know, college football has just been part of 2020. It's mind-boggling. But you and I and Anthony Gallo haven't done real well in our picks, but, you know, but but the, most of the national pundits aren't doing well in college. It's a combination of bad beats and just some flat-out bad picks. I've missed the LSU game three weeks in a row. I have got two of our listeners that text me and said, please don't pick the LSU game next week. They're big <laughs> LSU fans. So I told them I wouldn't. So I'm not going to pick the LSU game, which, as you know, and regular listeners know, I was pretty dang accurate last year, not just with the 12-0 and 0 prediction, but most of my scores were pretty close last year. I kind of had a good feel, and, and I've been awful with LSU this year. But I, I'm going to keep trying, that's for sure. Well, that's all you can do is keep trying, Tommy. Uh, look, I, I, you know, we haven't seen the last of the surprises in the 2020 college football season. And for a plethora of reasons that you mentioned earlier, uh, lack of spring practice, truncated fall practice, uh, not a lot of hitting going on. Teams are not where they should be at this point. Although I'll tell you that after a couple of unimpressive wins, Clemson looked mighty good Saturday night. They just tore up a better-than-average Miami club, and they made it look easy. It really did. So it would be interesting to see how everything unfolds in the coming weeks. We remind you this podcast brought to you by the 13th Gate Louisiana's ultimate haunted house in Baton Rouge. It's one of the nation's top haunted houses. To get tickets online and get info, go to 13thgate.com, 13thgate.com, which is brought to you by Jerry Lane Enterprises in Baton Rouge. Trey Blossman and the Orleans Saints have a Monday night game, and for some unknown reason, the mayor will not allow fans in. There's going to be 750 
family member kind of things in there. Everybody else is putting fans at the games. And, of course, Ole Miss and Texas A&M, there was no social distancing or any kind of capacity guidelines followed in them two games this past weekend when every time they did a shot to the bleachers, either from way back or up tight. Uh, but for some reason, the Saints – they, the mayor continues to, to crush the people of New Orleans and crush the economy of New Orleans. But the Saints have to forget about all that. They got a winnable game or about a touchdown favorite against the Los Angeles Chargers in the Superdome tonight. Michael Thomas, that's an interesting story. He was suspended from the game for fighting in practice. The other guy, the defensive back, didn't get suspended. And Michael Thomas, when you get suspended, they call, that costs you a game check. Uh, I don't know if two and two is making four on that story, but anyway, it'll be up to the Saints on Monday night to see if they can block out everything surrounding off the field and try to get a, another W on the field. Well, look, I heard the take on this last night from WWL Sports on Fourth Down on Four. Uh, man, that's a that's a great sports show here locally, and uh, Doug Mouton anchoring as usual. They, look, reading between the lines in what you said, for them to suspend Thomas and not Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, the defensive player involved, who has had previous run-ins. Those two have mixed it up several times, according to WWL Sports. And uh, you have to think that the coaches were really unhappy with Thomas and that he was the instigator. Look, they've been waiting for that guy to come back. He finally looked like he could play, and then they suspended him. Uh, it is big. I like the way they've shown balance without him. I've said before, I think ultimately when he comes back, the team will be better off for having had to play without him. Uh, anxious to see how Drew uses the other tools in the toolbox tonight. Uh, but yeah, that, that is a big story that just broke. Uh, I never heard about it until the 1030 uh, fourth down on four last night. Yeah, apparently they were jawjacking, and then Thomas apparently initiated the physical part of the fight was what I saw on Twitter. So it must be true if I saw it on Twitter, you know. <laughs> but but anyway, so we, we'll, that remains to be seen. Saints have an open date next week. Got to get a win here and then roll into the open date and try to get some momentum for the rest of the schedule. Try elsewhere in the National Football League. I, I looked at it one time quickly and one time only. A gruesome injury to Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys. I, I hate to see any player get any injury, especially one of that uh, significance and severity. Uh, it, it just, you know, it, it just makes you feel bad for him and that team. Whether you like the Cowboys or not, you should never want to see something like that happen to somebody. No, it, it was really bad, and I, I, I just looked at it for a second and turned away and didn't want to watch it. I was the same way with. Joe Theismann's injury. I, I, when Joe Theismann got crushed by Lawrence Taylor, I, I said immediately to my wife, I said, that's a career-ending injury. I, I don't know if Dax is or not, because like I said, I really didn't – I knew what happened before I saw it. And so I was looking, and as soon as I – I just turned away. I don't I don't like that kind of yeah, stuff. It, I could never – never have been a doctor, Tommy. I, no, I just, me neither. You know, just turns me off, but – a good win for the Cowboys after losing Dak to that horrific injury. Andy Dalton came in. They lost the lead because of a turnover. They went back down and won the football game. So props to the Cowboys for that. Look, I, I love Dak. 
I think he's a great player. He's the quarterback on my fantasy football team. And uh, my wife was leaving in the car when we heard about it, and she wanted to go inside and see what happened. She doesn't care for football whatsoever, although she kind of pulls for the Saints and LSU just because it makes people around here happier when they win. But she likes Dak. She recognizes that he's a special person. And uh, we just pray for his full recovery, Thomas. Well, you know, the, the football SID at Mississippi State when Dak was there is a guy named Bill Martin, who's a very good friend of mine. He used to be my neighbor in Baton Rouge. Bill now works for Tennessee football. Well, I remember Bill telling me, uh, and you'll like Bill because he's a huge St. Louis Cardinal fan. There you but, go. Uh, but Bill told me the, the best thing about Dak Prescott is he's a solid dude. He's a good guy as you ever want to meet. He's somebody you're happy to call a friend. And he wasn't talking about football. You know, and, and I've known Bill for a long time. Used to work at LSU. Like I said, he was my neighbor many years ago, a couple of doors down uh, in, in a condominium complex we were in. But so we would, I wish nothing but the best for, for Dak Prescott. And hopefully he can be back out of the football field next year and helping the Cowboys. Trey, as we wrap it up, any other NFL notes and comments that you may have? Yeah. Uh, Alex Smith played for the first time in two years yesterday. They demoted their starting quarterback. He went from being third string to back up. He's a guy who had a horrific injury. He almost lost his leg, Tom. It almost amputated his leg. Here he is two years later playing an NFL football game. Props to him. That's, that's a hell of a personal comeback. And a lot of people probably missed this last night. But Russell Wilson was spectacular in the second half last night for the Seattle Seahawks. He had about 30 yards passing. He was six for six for, I think, 31 yards in the first half. Well, after the game was over, he was 20 of 32 for 217 with three touchdowns, five for 58 rushing. The game was played in a driving rainstorm. Uh, They drove less than two minutes, 94 yards for the game-winning touchdown, converted two fourth downs, both to DK Metcalf, uh, ex-Ole Miss receiver, Great, great fourth quarter and second half for that game on NFL Sunday night football last night. And I do have one one other thing in closing, Tommy. Hats off to Lowell Narcisse, ex-LSU quarterback, well-traveled, injured, injured knees, both of them in high school. He played very well in relief for the University of Texas San Antonio Saturday after their quarterback got hurt. How about 17 of 20? for 229 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions in the second half for Lowell Narcisse. That's a guy that has kept working hard, battled adversity, and he's still out there competing. I I was glad to to see that he did so well. Trey Blossman will have your picks on the NCAA and the NFL this Thursday is when that episode will drop. We encourage folks to listen and to share all of the podcasts with all of their friends. Trey, you have a great evening. I will, Tommy. I got to lean on the Saints tonight. I got one, a lean too, but we'll see what happens. Thank you, Trey. Bye. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 